So we have some fun readings today, huh? That first one. It's always intense. God tells Abraham, kill your son. It's not something we like to think about. It's a hard reading to hear. But the important thing is that God did not actually want Abraham to kill Isaac. We can see that by the fact that he stops him at the end. He says, no, this isn't really what I was asking from you. So don't do that. What he's asking for is this demonstration of faith. What he's asking for is for Abraham to give up everything. The most important thing in his life, Isaac, to give him to God. Because God has promised Abraham amazing things. He's promised him descendants as numerous as the stars. But how is God going to do that if Abraham doesn't have even a single heir to his name? How is he going to do that? And yet Abraham is willing to sacrifice everything for his faith in God. That is what the first reading is calling us to today. All of us. What is that most important thing in our life? And if God asks for it, would we be willing to give it to him? For example, us priests, we like to be very protective of our time. We like to say, I'm going to do this at this time. And I will meet with this person at this time. And I will go hear confessions at this time. And I will go say Mass at this time. And I will work on my homily at this time. But then God has this way of destroying everything we planned. Today, I had three different times I wanted to work on my homily. And every single time, we got a call on the emergency line. And I had to go do that instead. And it was more important that I went and did that instead. It was still frustrating, though, because it reveals to me that I'm still holding these things back from God, that I'm still struggling to give it all back to Him. We have to be willing to give Him whatever it is in our life that's most important and say, God, this is yours, it's not mine. Because God created us and he chose us. And because of all of that, he's not going to condemn us. That's what we hear in Paul's letter to the Romans. He does not condemn us, but he does call, him back, call us back to himself. He asks us to offer all of ourselves to his judgment, which is also his mercy. In fact, he's so willing to do anything for us that he came to this earth and he died on the cross a horrible death for us. Those are the stakes. He didn't ask Abraham for his son, but he did give his own. God chose us, and he gave us everything. And so we can give him back whatever it is he asks for. We can seek out his mercy. We can seek out that forgiveness, most especially in the sacrament of confession, that great sacrament where we receive the grace of mercy and forgiveness. In fact, it's available right now. 
It's so wonderful that we are able to do that here. In many places, if you look around the country, they're barely able to offer Mass, let alone confession. God wants us to do this so that we can be truly alive, both now and for all of eternity. Because in the Gospel, we hear this amazing account of Jesus Christ talking to Moses and to Elijah. He shows us that he is not the God of the dead. He is the God of the living. And if we put our faith and our trust in him, we will continue to be the living as well. And if we look at Moses and Elijah, what do we learn? So often we see, oh, it's the law and the prophets. Yes, it is. Moses stands for the law, which shows us how to get to God. The prophets stand for Hey, remember there are these people who need your help. They are that voice of God in the world helping us understand the law. But look at the people. Moses, called from Egypt. He dedicated his entire life in the service of the people of God. He received this call from a burning bush of all places to go save my people. You're called to go talk to Pharaoh and tell him I'm going to visit untold pains upon him if he doesn't listen. That must have been terrifying. But Moses did it. And if you read, Moses had a family too. He had a wife. He had kids. Like, he did all of this for God with a family. That's important, I think. Sometimes we think that our families hold us back from following God, but in reality, our families help us to follow God. They help us. And then look at Elijah. His entire life was in service of God. So much so that I don't think there's any account of him doing anything that God didn't call him to do. He's counted as one of the greatest prophets in the history of Israel for a reason. These two men show us that their true glory was found in God. And they're a call to us to remember that in our lives, that our glory is found in God. So let us follow God. Because when we follow God, we walk in the land of the living, as the psalmist writes today. In fact, when we follow God to Mass, to this wonderful wonderful sacrament we are about to experience. We get a taste of heaven while we are still on this earth. Because in the Eucharist, we receive the body and blood and soul and divinity of our Lord Jesus Christ, the one who came to save us, the one who loves us more than anything in this universe could possibly love us. He comes into our hearts and heals us. As we follow God today, as we receive Him into ourselves, let us allow Jesus Christ in the Eucharist to transform us into the chosen people that we are. The people who are blessed to be able to follow in His way.